there, everybody, and welcome back. Hi, I'm Elise. And I'm Julia. And we are going to be talking about sales and the like since we are in the holiday season. And Julia is going to talk a bit about her experience with sales and, and the like. And sale culture. Um, well, we just all got past pretty much almost the last of the series of holidays that happens. We have Thanksgiving, then we have Black Friday, then we have Small Business Saturday. I don't know if there's something for Sunday. We have Cyber Monday, which is today, even though I know you won't hear this for a few days after Cyber Monday. Um, and then Giving Tuesday, I think, also, which is tomorrow. Um, so that's just kind of a lowdown of what has been happening. And I went back and forth a lot in my head over the past week of like, oh, do we do anything for Black Friday, for the weekend, like a holiday, a discount? And I always get really anxious this time of year because there's so much expectation surrounding that. So before I made a decision about what to do, which is, well, first of all, I did nothing. Um, <laughs> spoiler. Spoiler, I did nothing. I just sat there. Um, I actually went back on my blog and my Instagram feed back to like 2012. And I just kind of looked at each post and what I said. And I found that I was running these 20% off sales or 30, I forget how much it was on average. And this was back when I was still sewing a lot, my own line, but also I was starting to carry a few things. So I had kind of a mix, but it wasn't mainly other brands like it is now. And I was just really running these sales every time it was Memorial Day or Labor Day or something. And I mean, other people were doing it too, but I just kind of saw this pattern in myself. And back then my business was not doing as well overall. And I'm sure there are lots of reasons for that, but I just kept thinking back and wondering, was I just continuing to devalue my own brand by just having these sales and having people mm -hmm. wait? and wait yeah. just to buy something during the sale. And you're kind of like, this is a price that I'm willing to sell my merchandise at. And then it's kind of like, why don't you sell it at that more often? And you know, for some businesses, obviously it makes sense to run sales, but for some it doesn't. And I feel like it's kind of been proven here that running sales constantly is not super effective or helpful for the business. Yeah. And I mean, there's always going to be times when you're going to want to get rid of inventory. I definitely also want to get rid of in inventory like anybody else does <laughs> yeah. that has been sitting around a long time. But when I just really went back and reflected on what has worked well for me and when I feel like the past two years we've grown a lot, I think that's because we've really held strong and decided mm -hmm. that this wasn't working for us. Or when people emailing us asking for a discount, just like learning to say no in a polite way and realizing that that doesn't work for us anymore. Um, so I kind of thought about that all weekend and decided to do nothing and it felt really good. I got more time to kind of relax and not be anxious. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to buy this random thing I put on sale. I know. Yeah. And then you get in the question, like for me, I feel like it's kind of a bummer if you just make a selection of things that will be on sale rather than the whole website or the sale section is on further sale. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just me, but I would rather. Yeah. 
have everything have everything be and I wasn't ready to do that because we just got a lot yeah. of new stuff in and I don't know why it's not good anymore because we just got it two weeks ago yeah so it's like it shouldn't it doesn't deserve to be on discount yeah yeah I mean I feel like having a whole store on sale gives the buyer more freedom and then maybe you'll make better more thoughtful purchases because you'll buy what you want versus buying what's on sale because it's on sale which I feel as though is something that happens a lot um, nowadays is that you just buy something simply because it's on sale and you're like, but look at all the money I'm saving, but you don't need it. You don't need it. And if you're trying to buy someone a gift and they're not going to, they're gonna be like, Oh, this is nice. And then put it in a drawer and forget about it. It doesn't matter. So that's another thing I think we're going to talk about. Is yeah. Just like, don't buy things just because they're on sale. Yeah. Don't buy things just because yeah. they're on sale. And we definitely get people come in here and sometimes they've been in here before. Sometimes they haven't. But the first thing they say before they even look around is, where's your sale rack? What's on sale? And to me, that's always really interesting because we try, we have things that are like, we have socks that are like 30 to $40. And then mm-hmm. we do have, and then we have some dresses that are in like the hundred to 300 range, but then we also have things that are a thousand and more. So mm-hmm. we have, we have a big range, obviously none of, not all of it will ever be in everyone's price range, but it's just like this kind of customer mentality of wanting to know what's on yeah. sale. And when I think yeah. that it's like easier, better, or better value to buy something when it's on sale. And that's not necessarily the case because you could have some piece on sale that still costs more than a piece at full price on our floor. But I guess if you feel like you're catching a deal, which I get, I don't know. I fall for that too, but yeah, you know, no one's perfect, (laughs) but yeah, sales definitely make it a lot harder. And I feel like there's a lot more impulse purchasing during sale season, which I've definitely fallen prey to, which I have been trying to not do just because it's on sale. doesn't mean you need it, want it or have a use for it. Yeah. So I've I've also been trying really hard. I think I'm feel like the last time I really like fell for that kind of thing, like during black Friday was maybe like three or four years ago when there was like a specific thing I had been watching. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it was a pair yeah. of shoes probably yeah. or something. And I was like, we're never going to carry those in the store. Yeah. And then I was waiting for them. And of course, size 38s always sell out. So, yeah. so I didn't even get them bad. anyways. So see, and that's the thing is like, you don't want, that's the thing I think that happens is people will wait for it to go on sale and mm-hmm. then they'll get a size that isn't the right size yeah. for them because they waited. Yeah. And then you can't wear them anyway, or you can't exactly make it work, which I have done with shoes and it's really yes, frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I think that it's kind of, you know, planning out what you think you want and what you need. Like on Black Friday-ish time this weekend, I ordered a handmade travel mug that I had been looking at for a couple months, being like, ah, I like this. And I was (laughs) like, I should probably buy it. And then I saw it was 25% off. And I was like, well, now I'm definitely buying it because I was going to buy it anyway. So I feel like that's maybe a better approach to sale season is knowing what you need or what you want. Or if you're looking for gifts to like have a list of what is a viable gift for said person because you might walk into a store and be like, yo, this banana plushy toy is awesome. So-and-so probably totally needs it. But like, does an adult really need like a banana plushy toy? Probably not. So kind of just pre-planning and thinking about what you need and what you don't have or what needs to be replaced is probably a good way of going into the sale season to avoid over buying yeah, and if you shop during sales, it's fine. Just like make sure it's the things that you know yeah. you want. 
or have been eyeing rather than just like, it's the sales section. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's only $10, but yeah. that's still $10 that you might not need to spend. Yeah. And you can put towards something that you prefer. And I think what we've decided to do with the shop now is we'll like have two sales a year mm-hmm. and just try to put that season's merchandise on sale. And this is how it used to be where I used to work when I was, I don't know, after high school and college, we just have sales twice a year. It wouldn't be this continuous state of the state of sales. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that works good. And so that's what we're going to kind of rotate towards slowly. Cause I think that these so frequent sales just, I don't know for me, I I like put my phone away pretty much the whole Mm -hmm. weekend. Cause I just couldn't handle seeing just how advertising everything had gotten and just how spammy spammy everything had gotten and i know that the creative community that we kind of exist in isn't really like that but it's i've seen it become that way just because of the way the internet works now and people Mm -hmm. being worried people aren't seeing their product or their posts or things like that because it's all in the spam folder (laughs) yeah like just like looking now like just clear my spam yeah. folder and I have um probably like fifty spammy emails. I know about I had more things, things in my spam sale. folder this past weekend within like an hour. Like there were ninety things in my spam folder about Black Friday. <laughs> and I was just like, This is out of control <laughs> and not good. Yeah. The other thing I started to see a little bit this season was just like more influencer marketing, mm-hmm. pushing Black Friday deals on behalf of companies, which I hadn't seen as much this time around. Yeah, I don't know if I've noticed that before, but definitely this season. Yeah. There were people who, I mean, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, I guess if you were going to have certain marketing money, put your marketing money to work where and when it matters. So I guess it's totally logical to me to say like oh influencers have a big market share of marketing um right now and we want people to buy things now so like put those two needs together and da da you have a sales strategy but again when everyone's saying buy the same exact product it's kind of i don't know i feel like not great because then i don't really know why no one will buy it yeah that's why i don't know we i think we just decided to be quiet this weekend because everything just felt so in your face in your face and i don't think that that is good for sustainability and that's what's so strange is i start to see brands that say they're Mm -hmm. sustainable to tell you to buy all this stuff on friday and it's just very interesting i also start to see like donations starting to be included Mm -hmm. in that way to get you to buy something from a company yeah um like oh a portion of our sales Mm -hmm. will be donated to this wonderful cause which of course is wonderful but at the end of the day they're still trying to get you to to get you to buy something Mm -hmm. and i think that that's a very fine line to walk yeah no i i totally agree because i'm it is a good thing to do but i feel like maybe not selling your product on the back of a donation and just one um, time a year, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are definitely some brands that really quietly, they're like always giving a percentage of their earnings or whatever to a cause. Yes. But they're not saying you should buy from us because of this. They're kind of like, well, you should buy from us because our product's good and we do this. Um, which is interesting. And I think that is maybe better because maybe you don't need whatever the product with said donation is. And then you could just donate the entire 
amount you would have spent shopping to said cause. But yeah, it's definitely interesting, especially with Giving Tuesday coming up tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow. <laughs> which I didn't know what that was, but apparently we are now all giving donations to folks which is yeah. excellent it's just so interesting how this like chain of things like just kind of backtracking for a second that like for me growing up black friday was always associated with best buy and these places you mm-hmm. go to at 3 a.m to wait for a big screen tv yeah. so it's really interesting how it's trickled down to, to the everyone. assumption that everyone like all scales of economy every size business needs to be part of Black Friday or they'll worried they'll lose business for the month or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, because definitely, obviously, before the internet was super prevalent, there was no such thing as Cyber Monday. And I think that um, Small Business Saturday, I think, has only been around for like yeah five or ten years. Yeah. Not very long. And so it kind of was always this Thanksgiving and then Black Friday coupled together and then, you know, hot, like Christmas and whatever when it comes around. But now it's expanded. And... I mean, and I it even like, spans ahead of time, at least mm-hmm. was saying before, oh, yeah, yeah. like even before. Yeah. Cause so I didn't know this until yesterday, but the reason why everyone started their Black Friday sale so early is because Thanksgiving was so late this year that now the selling window between Black Friday and Thanksgiving, nope, <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> and Christmas is now like two to three weeks versus a whole month or more. Um, and so that's why stores were starting early is cause they still need this amount of time to to sell sell their merchandise and to get, you know, to make the bulk of their earnings. And so it it totally makes sense now why everyone started trying to sell their stuff super early. I was like, this is a weird trend. We aren't even at Thanksgiving. Because you were saying like, I don't know, I feel like I was seeing things two weeks before Black Friday. But I also feel like I've been seeing it earlier and earlier every year, but it is a shorter time. Thanksgiving was late this year. Um, so that's that's something interesting to think about that I mean even working in retail industry I didn't even realize that and that's probably mostly because as we were saying we don't really do much about that here but I assume if I had worked at a bigger corporation that did have a massive Black Friday Cyber Monday push then that probably would have been a very well known and well I guess tried to think out how to get around the dilemma of this really really short sale time um also we were talking about inventory mm -hmm. and taxes oh yeah (laughs) because in retail at the end of every year you have to do an end of year inventory account because you are taxed on your remaining inventory that you don't sell that was very confusing to me as a principal when i first started (laughs) learning about it because i'm like but wait i didn't sell the thing yet how can i be taxed on it but you are theoretically it all evens out in accounting later when you sell it um it's still a little confusing to me but i think that another reason for kind of pushing sales around this time of year is to get rid of your excess inventory you didn't sell throughout the year so that you can have cash on hand to pay your taxes rather than inventory that you're going to get taxed on and you don't have to pay everyone for their holiday hours for working black friday (laughs) and lots of hours yeah yeah Yeah, we always used to have extra hours where i used to work in college like target was open thanksgiving from five to one in the morning (laughs) and then on friday from 7 a.m to oh gee yeah and i got i accidentally got on the target mailing list at a really bad time (laughs) but yeah it's just it's it's interesting because i mean i guess i know most people i feel like i know try and avoid 
Black Friday shopping at all costs. Yeah, me too. My parents hate Black Friday or just shop. Actually, my parents hate shopping, shopping. which is funny because I have a store. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't really mesh well in that way. And the other thing about inventory is that since we have a smaller inventory amount, we can see what's on our shelves at all times versus a larger store that might not even know what kind of back stock they have. I mean, Mm -hmm. computers are all there to check your inventory these days, but I think that... Being able to see how many navy shirt dresses we have, like visually on a shelf and on our racks at any given time, makes us know, oh, we don't need to order any more Mm -hmm. navy shirt dresses. We're kind of set for now. Because you don't really want to over order to the point where everything is going to be on sale in your store. Okay, back to my fun fun Black Friday fact. Oh, Elise has a fact. Fact time. This is back to the whole inventory (laughs) thing. It's called Black Friday. Because it's going from red, which is being in debt, to being in the black, which is being in the profit margin of the world. And it also apparently originated in Philadelphia. Wait, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, this is according was to Wikipedia. Was there like a department store? That- um, it says that it was used to describe the heavily and disruptive pedestrian vehicle traffic that would occur the day after Thanksgiving. And so it's been used at least since 1961. But Does that mean because of... The like smog and exhaust from the vehicles no driving. That's an excellent question. Say. That doesn't make any sense. It I don't make know. Any sense. But um, yeah. So that's the whole thing is that it's going from having your massive amounts of inventory just sitting there, sucking up all your money, to then selling them and then turning a profit. Hopefully, um, well, questionably turning a profit. Yeah. I mean, a profit may be a smaller profit. Yeah, because everything's on sale. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably also the pushes because they have to make so much more to compensate. Yeah, and just to have a quick chat about profit margins for a second. Maybe we should have begin with this, but let's just, I like to use this as an example. So let's say, I'm just going to say it's a dress. Let's say a dress cost a store from a wholesaler about $50. So there's something in the industry called keystone marking, which is marking something up by two. So then we'd be selling it for a hundred. Now I find that that can be helpful like it's an okay margin for like small little things like Christmas Mm -hmm. ornaments or little home things I feel like that's okay but when you're starting to get into clothing where you have size ranges you have a lot of expense that costs Mm -hmm. you to go get it to find it to merchandise it you're more likely gonna do like a 2.3 markup if you're not importing it so Mm -hmm. that's like kind of a bare minimum so when something goes on sale usually more than 40 percent off i would say the store is not making any money they're kind of like like breaking even and covering their costs 50 they're not making they're losing money and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth Yeah, assuming that the store isn't making their own product, which most stores do not. Yeah, and I don't think I knew that. Like, I think a lot of people, consumers, when I talk about pricing and trying to answer the question, why is this so expensive, Mm -hmm. I think they're just not aware of, like, the markup chain and what's normal. Because I think when I'll say, like, oh, like, the retailer's making a killing off of this, but they're really not. No, because they have to have the store, they have to have the lights on, they have to have the people to work in the store, they have to have... And also they're taking a bigger financial risk because they're paying for it up front. And so they are also factoring in for what if something doesn't sell and what if I have to sell it below margin and then I'm losing money on it. You still, you hopefully will have enough inventory and things that you are selling at what you need so that you don't have to close your store because you're now losing money on pieces. Um, And things like bigger stores also tend to have better margins because they're placing 
ginormous ginormous orders. orders so like we'll say we want five to ten of these dresses but a giant store might say we want ten thousand of these dresses <laughs> and so since it's such a large order they generally get a better price break than we would and so therefore they already have a larger margin to start and so it might not hurt them as badly if they have to sell it for a lot less 50 percent off or whatever yeah we're in a small store it probably would be a lot more impactful Powerful. and yeah all the hidden the hidden costs there's also i mean i know we're like kind of specifically talking about black friday right now but something i also wanted to talk about because it falls under like the sale culture that's become so prominent is the like if you sign up for our mailing list get 10 percent oh, yeah. off or 15 mm-hmm. percent off your first purchase yeah. and i used to only see that like i don't know five years ago i'd only see it on like a few websites but now it's like everyone Everything. has a pop-up that says sign up yeah. for our mailing list get yeah get that whatever off. yeah like free shipping get a free gift with purchase. Yeah. And I, and I think Elise and I find that so interesting because you can essentially create an infinite number of email addresses because yeah. I don't think anyone's policing how many... It depends on how small the it store is. It depends on how small the store is because you yeah. can manually check, oh, it's this address. Because we probably notice we're probably like, wait, that name sounds familiar. familiar. Like, we'd yeah. notice it because we're, like, two people, yeah. but... I don't think someone who's like quite a bit bigger, like yeah. even if they had 10 employees, I think you would start to not notice that yeah. that person was doing because that. Because who knows who packed the last order. Yeah. So it's kind of this like indefinite sale forever for eternity, yeah. <laughs> which I don't really think is helping anybody. No. I mean, I do get it because I guess they figure the value of you on their mailing list is more valuable than the 10% that they're not gaining, gaining? from your sale. Yeah. I mean, I'd say like... I bet there are there is a value to having them on the mailing list, but then there's always the unsubscribe yeah, unsubscribe right away, which yeah. is like anytime I've fallen for this gimmick, which I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will unsubscribe right away. Yeah, because because <laughs> I don't didn't care. Want it in the first place. I didn't want it in the first place, and it was yeah. usually some rando website because I was looking for the for, product yeah. specifically. Yeah, you're like, oh, I really love some free shipping on this tape. Oh, oh look, oh look, give them my email, and I'll have free shipping free, on my, my tape, my, my cat washi yeah, tape. Yeah, that like you probably weren't gonna patronize this store very much anyway. Anyway, and so it probably doesn't end up helping. But I suppose that it must end up helping at some form of margin where it makes it worth it to the stores not to then be like oh this i'm just losing money or not making the money that i need on these people just signing up and unsubscribing um because i guess you know it's like a give and take it's yeah it's if you can even get once one person to flip and be a constant customer who buys everything every like one to three weeks it's maybe worth it but I feel like our mailing list is fine. Yeah, we're fine. People sign up for our mailing <laughs> list. <laughs> and we don't do that, so I hope they're enjoying yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So that's the other thing is, I guess... I mean, I feel like I would assume that in the end we'd probably break even on the same amount of people who subscribe and unsubscribe. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an ebb and for, flow. Yeah. Because, like, there'll be phases where people just don't sign up for things. And another interesting thing to think about is on Black Friday and this whole weekend is if if people actually engage with their emails, because I know I've probably gotten 35 to 40 emails from small brands that I do normally open their emails, but all of the emails, the subject lines are like, don't forget our sale ends today. Last call. Yeah, last call, last chance, last whatever. And so I 
would normally open their emails, but I'm like, I have 50 of these in my inbox. How would I ever I pick one yeah. to open? And I'm like, I don't need any of them. So I just then go through and just straight up delete them, which then would make your open rate, which for those who don't know, on things like MailChimp, you can see how many people open the email. MailChimp is a, a mailing oh, list yes. provider. Yes. And how many people engage with it, like how many people click on the links and whatever. And I would assume that the open rates and the engagement's probably lower. Lower than usual. But we didn't do it this time because we didn't want to be another thing in your inbox. But that would have been a really good experiment. But it would have been good to know the numbers to see how wrong or how right I was. I know, yeah, because my assumption's always that people are just going to delete the email or they're going to unsubscribe because I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed with all these emails. Emails. Just, like, get rid of all of them. Because I feel like if there's ever a time when I would unsubscribe, it'd be now. Because I'm like, I get it, you're having a sale. I get it, your stuff's beautiful, but... I don't need it. Also, if I was looking for a sale, I don't think I'd want to be on a mailing list to know because I'd usually be so eager that I'd be trying yeah, to find it out on my anyway. own and I'd be, like, checking the website and checking the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's for sure. And, like, people who have uh, annual sales or whatever, they like, oh, I'm, like, just, I'm waiting for their annual sale so I can buy whatever I want. And so, yeah, again, a mailing list might not help. Uh, but maybe, I think we might just be kind of weird. Um, maybe more people need more prompting than... We do, but it's something to think about that I, I know we always we have really about. pushed our mailing list more the past year, I would say, and we've gotten a good response from it. So yeah. if anyone's questioning whether a mailing list is effective, I would say yes, it is. And yes. I was skeptical at first, but I have been proven wrong because yeah. I never really took care of my mailing list. Like took care of like <laughs> I was like actually Tell sending out a mailer, yeah, <laughs> and like cleaning it up and getting rid of. The, uns- the, or, random, the, the random, random things like I left it around MailChimp. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, since people who own small businesses and have a sh- Shopify will probably know that MailChimp and Shopify broke up. And so ours were never really engaged. No, they weren't linked up so, anyway. So um, I don't know if it's as big a difference to us as to other brands who did have a very integrated MailChimp, Shopify experience. So we didn't really see much of a difference when that no. happened. But because, um, like, if, if it was interacting you would be able to see like how many sales you were in from what email and ours is more just like yes they opened it which i think is helpful for us because i think we can tell who is pretty much yeah Yeah. and so it is all exciting and interesting and lots of statistics yeah the other thing i wanted to bring up just briefly before we wrap up in like this is again another comment on sales is websites that have become i would guess i would call them third-party platforms that kind of are an aggregate site for lots of different shops. An example would be Farfetch Mm -hmm. and just kind of how they have lots of different boutiques on them. They might not disclose what boutique it is. They'll say the country it's in, but you're Mm -hmm. essentially, they could have a boutique in Italy would have the same thing as the boutique in the U S and the boutique in Italy has it for less. And so if you're looking for a specific item, this is a way that people can kind of shop for sale items. That's really more if you know the designer you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So you can really price check. Price yeah. check. And I think the whole price check is part of the sale culture. I mean, people are in stores price checking too yeah. on their phone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in grocery stores, yeah. in Target, wherever they are, seeing where else they can get it for a better deal. But it's kind of always a better deal to just get it if you're there in there. person. Yeah, opportunity costs. Exactly, yeah. because, like, it's funny, you must have just read my mind, because, like, your time is money, and I don't think people think about oh, that. That is my mom's favorite thing to talk about. Because <laughs> your time is money. Money doesn't actually really exist, yeah. but your time does. And the more time you spent looking for something... Yeah you're spending you're like more wasting. money yeah it's like i don't know i've gone to the store and be like wow this looks like really expensive bread and then i'm like <laughs> should i go to a different store and you can just like hear my mom being like that's stupid, stupid. just like, get the bread dollar. like it's not worth your time <laughs> it's worth more than the dollar and so it's just kind of like things like that where so yeah you could buy it at like a store yeah for like i could buy a loaf of bread at whole foods yeah for six dollars or you could spend me for like Four dollars, and it's gonna take you an hour to yeah. walk to Acme from the Whole Foods. So, so it doesn't really matter in the end. And so, like obviously with groceries, it's a lot smaller of a margin, but it's just like something to think about. Is if you if you're there, if you like what it is, if you like where it's housed, like the facility, the house, the well, not the house, but like the store, mm-hmm. just buy it. Yeah, buy It'll, things in person when you, you can. Happy. Yeah, you don't have to ship it. You don't have to like have more environmental impacts of shipping more things yeah and and i think when when things get like sent to they're at the wholesaler then they get sent to the vendor and then the vendor often has to redistribute them among their warehouses it's just things are just getting shipped a million times before they get to you more than they ever used to be at least with a store there was like an end chain and the customer Mm -hmm. comes and gets it there was actually i've been talking to elise about a john oliver i watched the other day on Mm -hmm. about amazon and i think you should all go watch that little john oliver (laughs) clip because they'll go into it much better than i ever could but just like talking about everything related to warehouses and storage and just everything it's just the logistics I, the logistics it. are yeah. kind of mind-blowing yeah because i feel like the worst thing is like where is that skirt and then it's just stuck under another skirt but in an, a warehouse for amazon that's obviously not what's happening like they're on a much larger scale and just to make everything work and be like i mean seamless i guess because if if you're going to order it and it's going to show up the next day by 8 a.m it's got to something's got to get something's got to get it there and so it's kind of how does that impact people's lives how does that impact like everything because everything has some kind of meaning yeah and i feel like more i'd say maybe over the past month i see people starting to address publicly online the idea of like things are just too cheap and it's not just like the typical like oh that's fast fashion don't get that it's like people are like no things are too cheap your clothes should cost more and people are getting upset at people talking about that because it's true things overall should cost more it's that people find themselves in this loop of no one really wants to pay more yeah on all this circle it just no one wants to pay more because no one can afford more yeah it's the whole yeah like an economist Mm -hmm. let's talk to an economist about it yeah. Yeah, we should interview an economist. Yeah, let's find an economist. <laughs> um, Anyone know any economists? Um, I hope that we got to cover enough topics that we wanted to. I hope that this explains maybe why we didn't do any kind of sale mm-hmm. for these holidays this past weekend. Yeah. Um, 
I'm I'm sure we'll think about other things we wanted to talk about and yeah. forgot to. But we'll talk about this is later. actually why we did our take two of this. Yeah. I forget if I mentioned that at the beginning. This is our second time recording this one because we <laughs> we didn't really we liked parts of our first one and we might splice it up and get some of it mm-hmm. in here. But we just re-listened to it and we didn't want what we said to sound too negative because I think that when you're in our business it's easy to become jaded and negative but we were trying to find a way to talk about it that's like what let's just bring this back to our experience what have we experienced rather than like generalities big stories we yeah yeah. we haven't run big stores we don't know what it's like to run a big corporation we don't know what it's like to run a store in a different city yeah so it's all like very specific experiences so yeah well so we hope that helped And we will see you next time. Yeah. Have a good one. Hope you enjoy your holidays. Bye.